on February 21, 1977, in Chicago, Illinois, neighbors living on the 15th floor of an apartment in North Pine Grove Ave began complaining about an apparent smell of smoke coming from the room down the hall. The fire department was called and arrived at the scene and put out the fire. But as they began to extinguish the flames, they stumbled upon a horrific discovery. A nude body of a woman stuffed underneath a smoldering mattress with a butcher knife plunged in her chest. The body was identified as Teresita Bassa, an employee at the Edgewater Hospital. Hello everyone, and welcome to Rip from the Textbooks. This is our first video in 2022, and we will be tackling this mysterious case of a murder being solved through the help of the other side. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jess. And yes, this is our new episode of the new year. And it's gonna gonna be a, ba a banger, banger one. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. And yeah. it's uh, quite a famous case. Yeah, I would say so. It I mean, uh, as anyone, I'm pretty sure not everyone has heard of it. But it's especially like if you're into like some of the true crime community, I guess. I hope it's not just a case of Pinoy pride. Pinoy pride. Oh my god! <laughs> because of like uh, the oh the victim or someone in this uh, case was Filipino. Filipino. That is why it's uh, so Jesus. it's so famous. Uh, I hope that's not the case. But anyways, this is a uh, this is gonna be a very of course it's another murder episode. But you know, this one is very different. I would say, when especially when I was researching and. Reading and researching and writing about it, I became like I fell into this rabbit hole. I was talking to like it definitely has its fair share of twists and turns. Oh, definitely. And you're gonna learn more about it. I'm gonna talk more after we get everything out. This the parade rant I've been going on. I mean, I got I got one of uh, one of our friends in on it because I talked to him. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's quite a you know you're quite deep in it. I hope you can get out. No, it's fine. It's not. I'm not obsessed. I'm just. I'm. Oh, I'll give it two weeks. You're, you're <laughs> probably gonna be in some mental institution. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this. This is probably one more uh, weirder ones that we've tackled so far. I mean, it's not like the previous ones were normal, but this is definitely a tear above a lot of them, at least for me. Indeed. Now, let's get started. On February 21, 1977, in Chicago, Illinois, at exactly 8.30 in the evening, neighbors living on the 15th floor of an apartment in North Pine Grove Avenue began complaining about an apparent smell of smoke coming from the room down the hall. The fire department was called and arrived at the scene at exactly 9 p.m. and put out the fire in 15B. But as they began to extinguish the flames, they stumbled upon a horrific discovery. A nude body of a woman stuffed underneath a smoldering mattress with a butcher knife plunged in her chest. The body was identified as Teresita Bassa, an employee at the Edgewater Hospital. Teresita Bassa was born in 1929 in the Philippines and was said to have lived a privileged life. 
Being the sole daughter of a lawyer, she managed to graduate from Assumption College in Manila before moving to the U.S., where she graduated from Indiana University with a degree in music. She later settled down in Chicago, Illinois, and began working as a respiratory therapist at the now-defunct Edgewater Hospital. She was described by her colleagues and neighbors as a quiet, reserved, but polite woman who was dedicated to caring for her patients. At the same time, she was studying at Loyola College, where she was preparing for a doctor's thesis in music. In her free time, she would give piano lessons and was said to be writing a book. All in all, the last person one would expect to be a victim of such a violent crime. Investigators initially believed this to be a case of a due to the nude state of her body. However, just before she was flown back to the Philippines, medical examinations determined that she was not Detective Joseph Stachula and Lee R. Eplin were assigned to the case and determined that the fire, both started from the clothes and mattress, was meant to destroy physical evidence. Only two initial leads were ever discovered in the ensuing investigation. Ruth Loeb, a co-worker of Teresita at Edgewater, phoned her at 7.30 the same evening and talked to her for half an hour in which Teresita mentioned a male guest coming over, but she never identified who. As well as a handwritten note reading, Get theater tickets for AS. But the AS mentioned could not be identified. But even after interviewing a number of people, the case eventually went cold. It wasn't until half a year later in August that they seemingly were given a hand from the other side. Dr. Juan Chua, a Filipino who worked as a surgical assistant at the Franklin Boulevard Community Hospital, claimed to the police that his wife Remy would go into a comatose state and then be possessed by a woman who claimed to be the deceased Teresita Bassa. During this trance-like state, Teresita, using Remy to communicate, positively identified her killer as a man named Alan Showery, who she said came over to fix her TV and even had stolen some jewelry, which the police did not even know about. Initially hesitant about the lead, it wasn't until they had identified an Alan Showery who worked as a technician at the Edgewater Hospital did Detectives Stachula and Eplin pursued him as a suspect. Detectives invited Showery, who was then living with his girlfriend, to the police station where Showery said that he did go to Teresita's apartment the night she was murdered to fix her TV, but realized he didn't have the right tools and went home. But his girlfriend claimed Showery knew nothing of fixing electronics before detectives noticed a new pendant and ring she was wearing, claiming them to be late Christmas gifts from Showery. But Teresita's relatives positively identified them as hers. Showery eventually confessed and said he had gone to her apartment to rob her, but merely got $30 and a handful of jewelry. 
the case, later went to trial and was sensationally dubbed the voice from the grave trial, during which Showery recanted his statement and it ended with a mistrial after a hung jury. A new hearing was scheduled for February 1979, but during Showery's stay in jail, he once again changed his statement and pleaded guilty and was sentenced to 14 years for murder and 4 to 12 concurrent years for robbery and arson. While seemingly a done-and-done done deal, issues with Remy Chuha herself arose both during the investigation and trial. It was revealed that Chua had also worked at the Edgewater Hospital as a respiratory therapist and had actually met Teresita during orientation and despite not working the same shift, had visited Teresita's apartment before. She had also worked with Showery, who reports claim she was frightened of as well as Showery complaining about the quality of her work which was said to have contributed to her being fired, which was when the trance-like state began apparently occurring. But in 1985, Showery was released after merely serving five years and his whereabouts have been unknown since the early 2000s. To this day, the murder itself and subsequent investigation and the mystery that seemingly surrounds it makes it possibly one of the most bizarre murder cases in Chicago's history. Pinoy Pride, let's go! Oh my god. That, Chicago's, we made what, Chicago it, history. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Just, let's go. I'm just, okay. I'm just playing. <laughs> I don't know if I should. Uh, no, no, no. But yeah, that's what. Uh, anyways, um, that's the exact point I've been so hung up on in this past few days. It's it's the Remy Chua suspect, the witness man or the person. Yeah, she is very. Uh, w- She's very suspicious in such a way that a lot of factors kind of lead to her having uh, something to do with Some the sort of case. Something to do with it. You know, it's, it's like... Yeah, it, it, go on. I mean, you have to consider this through two possibilities. Either she was actually possessed, you know, she was possessed by the spirit of Teresita that led her to her murderer. Or second is that she wasn't. That, but does, but it does raise the question of like, how did she know that one detail about her being about Teresita being robbed? Yeah. Like, uh, honestly, I I doubt the. Uh, but that's just me. It's my opinion. So you know, mm-hmm. take it what you take it for a grain of salt. Like a lot of salt, a mm-hmm. truckload of salt. Yeah. Um, truckload. We're not authorities of this, by the way. This is just us going off. What we read and There's stuff like that from the internet, you know. But yeah. I really think that there was no like, there was no uh, possession. She was just mm. really a, like she probably had some sort of like uh, vendetta after being fired for not working as well, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So you know, she probably like she, uh, had a she probably is like you know, okay, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna do something to Teresita, you know, as like, uh, you know, like revenge or something. Not revenge, but, you know, yeah. she's probably, Teresita's probably like the, in the, in the you know, that, that one in the workplace that's like the golden child, you know, like the one that mm. everyone likes and all that. Oh, uh, yeah. So you think it's like she's trying to like take revenge on like, you know, like, 
trying to you know do yeah. s- something really really bad to the to the golden mm-hmm. child you know as like uh you know yeah. uh, you know as like to vent to kind of like you know vent out the negative feelings mm. you know uh, <laughs> it could it could be the case you know that's why she knew about the robbery yeah. because you know she probably had something to do with it yeah i would say so but i don't think uh in everything i read uh there doesn't golden. seem to be a mention of how the relationship was yeah but they i don't know but here's the thing: the mur- the timeline of of events with Remy Chua herself seems kind of murky. Since uh, we it's I we don't we don't know when she was fired or when was she fired before she Teresita was murdered or after. So and wh- how long has be- has it been going? So yeah, it's kind of hard to pinpoint. But uh, Aaron, you know, Aaron agrees. There's some sus stuff around her. Yeah. So uh did you know well, okay. did you know well I was reading about this as well Joseph Stachula I'm not sure this is true uh I just read that uh one of the sources I'm not sure if this is true but apparently after the trial and like the the investigation and stuff Joseph Stachula the, the, one of the lead detectives was apparently he became a kind of a joke like apparently police officers would like leave him like voicemails on his on his telephone pretending to be dead people oh man he got he got yeah, bullied is, he got bullied i'm not sure if it's true but if it's true i i feel bad yeah with I, I do it, yeah i hope it's yeah. not true i hope people are just clowning because wow that is such a dick yeah. thing to do yeah and uh, you know, it's like not everyone gets to not, choose I mean, their the cases guy, <laughs> and i mean he got he got the their guy in the end yeah you know? They did. They did get showery. They did. They Though he's, they get, they got it's showery. weird that he got five years for murder and yeah, robbery. Yeah, he served five years. That's five. Strange. He served five years. I think maybe maybe because of the plea deal. Thing. Ah, like, yeah, he it pled could be guilty, yeah. but because could, he pled guilty, and so of course you know he yeah. he got a deal out of it. Yeah, all right, fair but enough. But it's funny. Like no one knows where he is now. Like I, it's, I read the report that like you know ever since from the early two thousand, no one knows where he is or. <laughs> Where has he been going? Sheesh. Leave him uh, alone. He's probably living in the woods somewhere. <laughs> probably. But it would be like... He'd either be around his 80 to 90 or dead. Yeah. So, it's, it's just weird to think about, like... You know, this guy from a very high-profile... The suspect of a high-profile murder case is just... No one knows where he is. And that's He's just it. really no, good no at hiding. Where he is. Can, mad yeah, respect, really I guess. <laughs> But, Probably yeah, changed his know, name and yeah. left, and went to some yeah, third world country or something. <laughs> yeah, apparently when he was released, uh, I'm not sure if this is true either. But apparently he was met with a, he went with a woman named Naomi. But, oh, but Didn't I'm not sure if that Japan? itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a girl named Naomi, which is weird because that's the name. That's not his girlfriend. His girlfriend's name is very different. So. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's hiding peacefully somewhere. You know. Yeah, I mean, he served but, his time. He served his sentence. I guess but, five years. Yeah, that 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 sentence is just way too fucking short. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Anyways, that was the rabbit hole of a murder case I've been on ever since I was reading it. So, uh, <laughs> it was quite a rabbit hole, huh? Uh, rather. Mm. Don't you have like an entire fucking? You look like 
you know, when you explain this shit to me, you look like you had a fucking entire rabbit hole. Fucking, you, you got an entire iceberg. <laughs> fucking charts. I had like, an entire <laughs> charting. And, uh, you're, you're like, the, like the meme of like a guy in a chalkboard. Or like in a whiteboard, like going crazy. Rabbi Chua was the murderer, I swear. She, she, she had something to do with it. <laughs> but yeah, Rabbi Chua herself... Uh, Funnily enough, during the Unsolved Mysteries episode about it, yeah. they purposely changed her name and, like, to, you know, to protect her identity and stuff. But soon after, she wrote a book, so... <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, the attempt... They, they tried to be respectful the, and, yeah. like, you know, and hide, hide her identity. identity. Meanwhile, Rebecca was like, oh, I gotta chase that cloud, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that cloud's good. <laughs> when was the book uh, published anyway. Uh, What's the? Sure. Do you uh, know the name of the book? Uh, Voices from the Grave. Uh, I think so. Yeah, it seems that even before the existence of social media, cloud chasing was definitely. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely the one. Definitely but, a thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's the it's the thing that you know. I I suggest you guys look into it as well if you are interested. I'm pretty sure there's a. A lot more stuff that I'm not sure we managed to cover properly, but it's a very interesting case. It's like, you know, it's on brand with what we're doing now. <laughs> it's definitely very out there. So yeah, that so that is the Teresita Bassa case. An- uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode and more episodes yep. to come this year. Yeah, where. Yeah, we're we're gonna plan. We're doing. We're planning bigger things for the channel in this coming year. So I uh, hope you guys stay and uh, thank you for watching.